you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This week, interview with Fate of Destiny. Barbara Barrett is back with some news. And we got other news and commentary about Chicago and the election that just passed. Cold within. Nova Armament. Fun little shop. Got plenty of gear still. They got replenished, so looking for a rifle or shotgun. They got a few pistols too, but the long gun selection is excellent. Check them out. Out in Herndon. I went to the range. The trap range. It was hot. Yeah, it's snowing in some places. We had a heat wave, but that's how it gets in the city. A boy is born in hard time, Mississippi, surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection To keep him strong, moving in the right direction Living just enough, just enough for the city His father works some days for 14 hours And you can bet he barely makes a dollar his mother goes to scrub the floor for many And you best believe she hardly gets a penny Living just enough, just enough for the city Crossbreedholsters.com presents The Urban Shooter Podcast The pro-gun variety show featuring Americana, comedy, gun rights, News, interviews, and more from your friend and brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. His sister's black, but she has shown up pretty. Her skirt is short, but Lord, her legs are sturdy. To walk to school, she's got to get up early. Her clothes are old, but never are they dirty. Living just enough, just enough. For the city Her brother's smart He's got more sense than many His patience long But soon he won't have any To find a job Is like a haystack needle Cause where he lives They don't use colored people Living just enough Just enough for the city You know what? You don't have to be yellow, black, or brown to like this show. Just cool. This is the sound of freedom. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. All right, right where you at. Start singing right here. Shoulder action going. Oh, get it, man. Don't it make you feel good?
All right. Yeah, the weather is spring has sprung and the apple, not the apple, the cherry blossoms are in bloom in the District of Columbia and traffic is nasty. But hey, it's good to be alive. Hope you're doing all right. I am making do. Just got back from Chicago and I'm going to talk about that one like ad nauseum because it's just forefront on my mind. I mean, I got a chance to meet and be around with real people and talk to people and talk, do my thing as a speaker. And that's the good stuff. But today I ran off because the sun was shining. My wife says, you going to ride your motorcycle somewhere? And I was like, nah, I'm going to the trap range. I figured nobody be there but the old retirees and none of them were there. So I had a whole range to myself, which I need because I suck right now. So I broke out the Browning shotgun and all my federal ammunition. Yeah, I did a cool um, voiceover form and they gave me like some nice ammo back in the day that I just happened to keep. So I broke a couple boxes out today and knocked out some birds, took a couple of videos, and hopefully I can put all that together for the new American Gunner television show. Or American Gun Owner TV, yeah. Whatever that thing is going to be called. Hopefully you'll see it before this month's up. I'm trying. I really am trying. How you doing anyway? You making do? Have you seen all the foolishness with Connecticut and Colorado and Maryland? Yeah, me and the wife are actually thinking about moving. Mm-hmm. This comes up like a lot. And she was fired up. It's nice when your wife is fired up. You don't have to prompt it or nothing. Just listen to her go. I was like, yeah. You don't pissed off the missus now. We about to pull up stakes. But we'll see. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get my concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. Been writing about it. Got a little piece on the truthaboutguns.com. Check it out. And if you're new, welcome. Glad you're here. Back when I was a little guy, I remember looking at the black and white television, and it was this comedian by the name of Red Skelton. Thought this was pretty cool. Back to school, getting back to school. I remember a teacher that I had. Now I only I went I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to. This is, this is true. I work in the summer. I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of of my time. Anyhow, he had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester, and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect. 
because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? What do I use at the shotgun range? Federal premium ammunition because every shot counts. A cowboy dies, and as he was a bad guy, he goes straight to hell. When he gets down there, the devil is waiting. The devil says, You have three choices for ways to spend your eternity. Do you pick door number one, two, or three? The cowboy says, Let me check. What's behind door number one? The door opens, and he sees hundreds of people standing on their heads on a wood floor. I don't want that, he says. Let's try door number two. The door opens and he sees hundreds of people standing on their heads on a hard cement floor. Whoa. I don't want to spend the rest of my life like that. What's behind door number three? The door opens and he sees hundreds of people drinking coffee and having a good time. But they are all up to their knees in horse poo. I'm a cowboy. I'm used to horse dung. I'll go with... Door number three, he says. The devil hands him a cup of coffee and introduces him to the crowd and leaves him to it. After ten minutes, the devil comes back and says, Coffee break's over. 
everybody back on their heads. Back in the 80s, I began learning how to speak professionally. I studied great orators and motivational speakers. I listened to their cassette tapes that tell you how long ago it was. I watched their videos. I bought their books. I began speaking in the early 90s as a gun rights activist and a police firearms trainer. I got professionally trained by the federal government to facilitate and manage classes. I even learned how to prepare lesson plans. I took behavior science and psychology courses and published my first book, Black Man with a Gun, back in like 1999. Then I was called into the gospel ministry and things got a little interesting. Now, although I come from a culture of the Baptist whoop, I don't do it. Communication was and is more important to me than showmanship. Being pro-gun, former law enforcement, a U.S. Marine, and a biker made me look at things a little different. Well, flash forward to the past week where I finally felt like I had made my dream a reality. Although I have been a paid speaker at the Texas Concealed Carry event, spoke and got paid at South Carolina Grassroots, and was in New Jersey Second Amendment Society just last month, I just finished a three-day speaking tour in Illinois to support the Second Amendment and an underdog Republican candidate. Let me tell you about that. If you follow me on Facebook, and if you looked at the blackmanwithagun.com blog, you'll see a brother by the name of Paul McKinley, the most unlikely winner and he didn't win, actually. He didn't, he didn't win because he's too honest. Yeah. He lost the race. He was an underdog from the beginning. Um, the Chicago Tribune says he was arrested 11 times, mostly for protesting. All his, almost all of the charges were dropped. In the 70s and 80s, he was convicted of six felony counts, serving nearly 20 years in prison for burglaries, armed robberies, and aggravated battery. But he will tell you that. The dude has charisma. The dude has passion. And I think he can actually do a better job than the folks that got in there right now. I got a chance to see him like three days in a row. And he called himself an ex-offender preventing the next offender. I mean, he was just a straight brother. Unreal. His winner or his opponent, she beat him because New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg gave $2.5 million to her campaign. Rahm Emanuel also supported her. And it doesn't matter that last year she had some ethics violations issues that nobody even mentions now. But I got a chance to speak in the 2nd District, which was Kankakee County, portion of Will County, and Cook. And this brother lost most of his stuff in the Cook County, I hear. That was cool, though. And I got a chance to speak at uh, a Republican event that was well attended by, like, everybody. All divisions, all political people. And then the second night, I was in Will County at the Silver Dollar Restaurant. It's not a chain. It's a pretty nice-looking restaurant with a meeting spot. We talked there. And then on the third day, on Saturday, we spoke downtown 
in the hood, south side Chicago, at a place called the um, something man, Swift Mansion. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was a mixed group there too, but it was the locals from that area, and it was a pretty sad place, actually. The neighborhood is sad. If you want to see somebody who's downtrodden, riding that part of Chicago, you see folks just barely making it. Makes you sad. One of the revelations that came to me during this trip, though, was no matter how much you've done, you're still a new face to somebody. Everybody doesn't know that I've been involved in gun rights before Newtown. Well, I got news for you. I've been conservative and black all my life. Been pastor in a small church in Washington, D.C. And uh, this is my last month there. I'm moving on, in case you haven't heard. And uh, I'm going to finally get that American gun on the show straight. I'm going to do it by my lonesome since my help ain't come. But that's okay. Been doing everything else by myself. Keep right on kicking, right? It's my hope that I can share the visual to some of the interviews, personalities, and silliness that has been the Urban Shooter Podcast in a new medium. And in case you haven't been with me long, I have interviewed NRA exec Wayne LaPierre on this show, Soldier of Fortune Colonel Rob Brown, Second Amendment Foundation Alan Gottlieb, actors Patrick Kilpatrick, writers David Kadria and Emily Miller, uh, new personalities like Colleon Noir, and a host of other patriots and folks in the industry, old and new, over the past six years that I've known for the last 20. And I'm hoping I can make this something that you want to see without a big budget, without a lot of help. We're going to get her done. And just like that, we're going to keep on rolling. This week, our featured speaker, our guest, is Fate of Destiny. And now, our featured presentation. presentation. Destiny, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. You are a phenom on YouTube, to me anyway. And uh, tell me about that and you. Well, um, I've been running my YouTube channel for a little over two years now. And it's funny because it started off as, well, very much a hobby where I would just throw up a couple of videos for whatever I was doing, whatever I was interested in. Like, so some of my early stuff, I have some more fitness videos, which I still will do once in a while. But I found out that when I started putting up videos of me shooting at the range and talking about the guns I was excited to buy, that there were more people than just my friends watching it. And it just kind of... It, grew from there and now it's this huge well, it's almost a full-time well it's the time i spend it could definitely be considered a full-time job but i absolutely love what i'm doing and i i'm i'm thrilled to still be making videos after this time you do weapons reviews gear reviews a little bit of fitness you said prepping you're a martial artist too right yeah i've been in taekwondo for i think it's 17 years now well oh, that makes me actually feel a little old but um i started with my family as a kid, like with most of, or many of my interests. So I started the shooting sport um, because my family was all interested in it. And uh, martial arts is another uh, threat that runs through our family. It's something that we get to do together, which makes this 
the whole sport more enjoyable as the people that I can spend time doing it with. Oh, okay. How'd you come up with the name for your YouTube channel? Um, it's a little bit cheesy, but because my name is Destiny, I've just <laughs> developed this very corny sense of humor. So I just thought in a moment of, I don't know, cleverness or <laughs> not cleverness, depending how you look at it, I thought, oh, I'll do channels about me, so I'll make it Fate of Destiny. And then it just kind of, you know, stuck because it grew so much further than I had ever anticipated. Hey, but it, the thing. channel really still is, yeah, and it's still an expression of me and my interests, which is why I'll have some, you know, some creative stuff in there now and then because it's, you know, about what I like. So it still works, even though it's a little bit cheesy. Cheesy is good, especially if you're from Wisconsin, right? Yeah, there you go. It's fitting in that sense. <laughs> you also write, and tell me about that. Yeah, I've always loved writing. Just I, I seem to communicate better written than verbal sometimes. But um, at SHOT Show, I met Brandon Webb, a former Navy SEAL sniper. He was a SEAL instructor for the um, sniper school. And he started up the website software up then and had hired me to write for one of his sites, the loadout room. And then after a while, decided he liked my writing enough that he set me up as managing editor of thearmsguide.com. And that went live just in January. So I write pretty much every day for that site, which I adore. It's wonderful. Thearmsguide.com. I'll make sure I'll put a link to it on the show notes as well. Thank you. Well, it's a civilian-based or civilian-geared like firearm site where we talk about guns, gear, and concealed carry and shooting from the civilian aspect, and I, especially my goal is to make it like a friendly place to learn about the shooting sports, bring new, more new shooters into it, you know? Yeah, need that. Never, never stop doing that. It's really important to me because even though I've had the YouTube channel for two years, I still consider myself to be a newer shooter because there are a lot of people out there who've been shooting their whole lifetimes, and so coming from that viewpoint, I really like to be able to encourage other new shooters to get into the sport. And because of my, my background, a lot of people end up finding me more approachable than, you know, one of your super, like, tactical, you know, former SEAL sniper, you know, mm-hmm. kind of people because they can be intimidating to try and approach because they have so much experience. So I try to just be like, look, everybody can shoot. So are you an instructor as well? Do you teach farms? Um, not professionally, uh, but I've definitely been able to introduce a lot of my friends to the sport, which is something that I enjoy. It, range trips are always fun, right. but there's something special about being able to introduce um, one, of, you know, you know, one of your friends to shooting for the first time and watch them like catch fire for the sport in the same way that I'm still on fire for it. I love it. On fire. So what's... What makes you cold? What are your pet peeves? What just ticks destiny off to no end? Well, um, there are some things about like the the sport in general. I, I I love I love shooting and even the process of improving myself because I don't think that um, you know a super pro shooter. I think that there's always going to be room for growth. But what can be unfortunate are the people who want to restrict my ability to not just learn how to become a better shooter, but to be able to defend myself. So I get definitely, um, I guess, disappointed when I hear these opposing viewpoints um, 
touted by the liberal media that are just not based in fact. And so it has fostered a lot of discussion between myself and my friends who maybe aren't firearms enthusiasts and plain don't have the background or information on how firearms work to to understand what's what's real and what's well more along the lines of propaganda. Okay, so you'll fire up a video in a, in a minute to hit people like Carrie back for crazy stuff that they say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just um, perpetuating misinformation. Misinformation mm-hmm. is what's unfortunate about so many uh, of these media figures who maybe they're actors or comedians like Jim Carrey who may, don't really have a, a background in firearms instruction, providing information about firearms to a large public who don't have information on firearms, and they take that information as, you know, the, the truth instead of learning more about how to use firearms and um how they factor into the lives of you know daily concealed carriers, I think that a lot of people who aren't who don't have exposure to firearms, who it's just not part of their their culture or their upbringing, have this understanding that or this misunderstanding that people who are firearms owners are ready to fly off the handle and are you know these crazy right wing nuts who have some like ridiculous conspiracies about the government and it's really just not the case like the vast majority of firearms enthusiasts are some of the most level-headed even-keeled relaxed intellectuals i've ever met yeah they are hey i'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna give you some kudos just real quick um i gave you a giant lob i just threw something over the fence and seeing which way you would go with it and you directed it in the most positive way and i give you kudos for that Thank you. I appreciate it. It's something that I've been thinking about a whole lot lately with you know, all the scares in the media. It's a topic of discussion now more than I've ever talked about it before. Just my, my stance on firearms ownership and I guess even my political leanings on that subject. Just because I, I am not in a firearms-friendly environment. My family is former military. Um, well, my brother is actually currently serving. But both my parents are, are veterans. And so I just kind of grew up with learning about firearms. I learned firearm safety as a kid. But in my area in Wisconsin, I'm between like the two largest liberal centers of the state of Milwaukee and Madison. And there's just not a mindset of an acceptance of firearms ownership. It's viewed very negatively. And I almost have to like fight for my... Uh, enjoyment of the shooting sports hmm. which makes it a little kind of throw a blanket on it sometimes yeah it's it it can be unfortunate just having to work so hard to try to convince somebody that i'm not a crazy person just because i happen to enjoy going to the range and sending a few rounds through some paper that doesn't, you know, make me a dangerous person or violent actually i abhor violence personally i'm that's why I choose to conceal carry because I want to be able to you know, protect my loved ones and you know innocent people from the violence that I see is already in the world. It's already out there, but I choose to you know at least have a tool of self-defense, and that's only one of the tools I ha- I carry for self-defense. I think 
before anything, I try to avoid any kinds of violent situations. But so many of these people who I come into contact with who know that either I have an interest in firearms or I own firearms just assume that the only reason I carry a firearm is because I'm just waiting, I'm just itching for an excuse to shoot somebody. And, you know, it really couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. So what, what do you like? What's your favorite firearm, for one? Oh, that's a tough question because I love a lot of different guns. But I, as far as handguns go, I've always leaned towards um, the 1911-style handgun. There's just something really classic about it. And the, the way the grip fits in my hands, it's easy to shoot well with. And I love the history behind the firearm, too. I'm really big on that. Okay. So it's, that, that's one I keep coming back to. Okay, long guns. Um, hmm. I'm not as well <clears throat> versed on long guns because I only just started shooting more on long guns in the past uh, maybe six months or so. But I've become very fond of my uh, AR-15 that I, I say I built it, but that's only because I assembled a lower to an upper and popped a, a buttstock on it. But it's a, a DDM V4 or a DDM4 V7 upper mm-hmm. and then a an LMT lower. And I just love how it handles. It's a lot of fun to shoot. If I could ever find any five five six for it, but I know you guys got ammo issues too. Oh, most definitely. It's it's actually been a subject that I've been discussing a lot on uh, on the arms side. It's how to find ammo and how to uh, maintain your shooting skills in an ammo shortage, which it yeah. seems to be perpetuated by people who um, just buy it just just because. They don't think that it's ever going to be there again. Like um, in my area, there are four these four guys who every day for the past four months have come in when our local Walmart opens up and bought the absolute limit of what they would of what Walmart would sell them in ammo. And they've done that every day for two months, and so those four people can be attributed with a lot of the reason that we can nobody else can get a hold of ammo from that particular Walmart. Are they just greedy, or are they going to sell it back, or they're evil people some some other way? What do you think? Well, I think it's a a combination of the the panic mindset of mm-hmm. well, I better get everything now and you know take care of my needs. But I think honestly, with how much they've been buying, I think there's a really good chance that they're selling it back because some of the stuff that they're getting their hands on, they can make a pretty penny on for from other people who are worried about not being able to get their hands on ammo. And it just kind of perpetuates the, the problem of having of not having enough to go around. Man, that's nuts. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that things kind of calm down just because, well, that's this is what I do for a living now. You know, I... Mm-hmm. I make videos and I write, and it makes it really hard to do gun reviews when I can't find any ammo to shoot through the guns. I know. Do you use um, indoor ranges or outdoor ranges usually? Or you have property that um, you can shoot? Largely indoor. Well, um, I do have an outdoor range that I like to go to, and I just uh, I just got a year membership from them, so I will be featuring them in a lot more videos in the future if the weather clears up a little bit. Um, but. I have a local indoor range that I do a whole lot of my vid- my videos that they're really great to work with, and they're really understanding of me bringing in my cameras and my gear and everything to get videos. So I enjoy working with them. Oh, nice. So you a one-person show, or you got a crew of people with you? Well, I um, I com- kind of conscript labor from whoever friend or family member is around. My dad and my brother help me a lot on my productions 
with nice. whether it's holding a camera or my dad has been um, helpful with um, sometimes he helps me with production of music for my videos, which is really cool. And, um, my brother sometimes has been featured in my videos. Like I did a martial arts video where he was kind enough to offer himself to be my um, <laughs> my rag doll. Basically, I did a couple of techniques on him to demonstrate. So my family is super supportive of my endeavors with YouTube, and I, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, you can't beat that. That's that's good stuff right there. Oh, absolutely. I love it. How can we find you if somebody is new and they just found me, and I want them to make sure they find you as well? Well, my YouTube channel is a great place to find me. It's youtube.com slash fate of destiny. And so that fate of destiny is spelled just like you think it would be, except it's got e's at the end instead of a y but even if you type in just fate of destiny you'll find me and then the arms guide is the armsguide.com the idea is that it's a guide to firearms and that's so the whole content of the site is all geared around all centered around that cool fate of destiny weapons reviews gears fitness prepping fun stuff martial artists and a queen of youtube (laughs) thank you Thanks for being on the Urban Shooter Podcast, Destiny. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me talk with you, Ken. Hey, and I, I gave you props, too. That song by Adele, that was that was kicking, girl. Oh, thank you. I've always enjoyed singing. I don't think I'm some kind of superstar. I've never had the idea of you know going to trial for American Idol or The Voice or any of those shows or anything. But I just enjoy singing, and I used to do choir a lot in high school, and now that I'm not in high school anymore, I don't get the chance. So sometimes I do a YouTube video about it. Believe me, and it ends I up understand. Being a lot of fun. I totally understand. Yeah, do you uh, have some musical um, interest to yourself? No, I can't hold a tune in a bucket, but I will pretend in a minute. <laughs> I will pretend. Hey, in a no minute. shame in enjoying it. That's right. I don't. I don't going to be some kind of superstar. Yeah, just just sing and be happy. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for me. I get some flack for it from the people who are like, hey, this isn't a gun video. But it's once in a great while, and I do it because, well, my channel is about things that I enjoy, and singing happens to be one of them. Absolutely. So I've only seen the Adele one. What other ones have you done? I did a cover of uh, my own take on Cher's um, Believe. And then... Uh, besides the Adele one, I did a, a Joan Jett cover where I I, uh, I changed the lyrics a little bit, uh, made it about uh, buying an AR-15. That was a that was a really fun song to do. Oh, see, I, got, I, got, I, got, I can look for that one now. That's good. That one's called "I Will Lock and Load." <laughs> it's a silly video too. <laughs> I'm pretty, there's a part in there where I'm playing a rock band. Um, guitar set as though I'm some kind of rocker or something. It's it's ridiculous. If you're looking for a laugh, go and check that one out. Love it, love it. Well, you keep doing you. Don't don't change for nobody. Oh, thank you. It's really it's really awesome to have to receive the support that I have through the sport, through other shooters, and through other people in the firearms industry, like you know people who are podcasters like yourself or. Uh, just other enthusiasts. It's been really cool becoming a member of that community. Hey, well, you're such a good example. We're glad you're in it. Thank you. All right, y'all. Until next time. She was a uh, good people. Hey, got a new website. Check out BlanchardMediaGroup.com. It's my new uh, 
new biz where I'm doing graphic design, image consulting, voiceovers, and it has all the links to freedomsnetwork.org, to the Urban Shooter Podcast, to everything they got going on. So check it out. And if you got a question, blackmanwithagun at gmail.com is my email. And she is back. Who's that? That's Barbara Baird from womensoutdoornews.com. Hey, Urban Shooter. I've hit the ground running after returning from a week in Phoenix, visiting my parents. While there, I enjoyed spending time with my dad when we went to several gun stores and he decided on a new carry gun. He chose a Smith & Wesson Model 642, which is a fine little snub-nosed revolver for concealed carry. I know I've been away traveling and now I'm getting ready to head into the timbers and fields to hunt the elusive eastern turkey in the hills and hollers of the Ozarks of Missouri. Several of my girlfriends from the shooting industry will be joining me as we try to take a bird or two with our shotguns, and one of my friends even wants to hunt with her bow. You'll probably recognize some of the names of the hunters because either Ken or I have interviewed them here at Urban Shooter Podcast. There's Brittany Starr, Marty Davis, Tisma Jewett, and Nikki Turpo. Yes, Nikki Turpo, Archangel Tactical out of Atlanta and Houston, is going to try hunting for the very first time, and she says she can already feel a little addiction coming on. Some of you might know that I blog about news-related hunting topics over at Realtree.com. Recently, the NRA asked me to join its new publication called Woman's Outlook and to blog about news there, and that's been really interesting. You can check it out at nrawomensoutlook.org under blogs. It's called The Barbed Wire. And here's something that I think will interest you. A couple of things, actually, from the barbed wire this past week. Here's for you basketball addicts. Some folks threw a little fit when Kevin Durant from ABC Sports visited the Louisville Cardinal women's basketball team's locker room and they posed for a photo with him. Some of the players flashed L signs, which were mistaken for gun fingers. Honestly, it's the Louisville L. Two fingers and a thumb. Here's for you folks who are shaking your heads in disbelief when you hear what they're doing in Washington, D.C. this week. Colorado Congresswoman Diana DeGette is sponsoring a federal ban on high-capacity magazines. And obviously, she doesn't even understand the function of a magazine. In a forum hosted by the Denver Post recently, she answered the question of why high-capacity magazines should be banned. And she said, and I quote, I will tell you these are ammunition. They're bullets. So the people who have those now, they are going to shoot them. And so if you ban, if you ban them in the future, the number of these high-capacity magazines is going to decrease dramatically over time because the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. End of quote. That's like saying the container cannot be refilled. Once you run out of water in your water bottle... You're going to die of thirst unless you find a new water bottle with more water in it. Why millions of us allow these 545 people in Washington, D.C. to regulate our lives in such a heavy-handed manner is getting questionable, isn't it? Term limits sound quite appealing to me by now, at federal levels. In fact, you know, only 15 states have term limits in their state legislatures. I would have figured more of us would demand this common-sense approach to governing. Anyway, I'm sure I'll pop back in next week with a turkey report. 
And if you want to read about women who are hunting, shooting, fishing, and leading lives full of adventure, just visit us online at womensoutdoornews.com. And thanks, Ken. Yeah, you're welcome, Barbara. You see, one Christmas, my father caught a wild turkey, and he fed him uh, corn and chestnuts. Uh, but then we didn't have heart to kill him, so we let him get away. Oh, I see. But the turkey liked the food so well that he came back each year, and that way we always had a turkey, turkey for Christmas, Christmas dinner. All right, this is from Chicago. And although he lost a hard-fought campaign to anti-gun, anti-Tea Party extremist Robin Kelly on Tuesday night, Republican Paul McKinley had a more than respectable showing in a race that was deemed a no contest for a Democratic Party by the Chicago media months before the primary election. In a heavily Democrat district, McKinley received 17,994 votes, 22% overall, with 98.5% of precincts reporting after running a campaign with less than $13,000 and zero support from the Illinois or National Republican Party. Despite a full-on assault from local media outlets led by the Chicago Tribune, Bill Ruffert, and Fox Chicago's Mike Flannery, McKinley also won two out of three counties in the second district, taking Will County 43 to 41% and smashed her by 10 points in Kankakee County, 50% to Kelly's 40. In addition to the media's efforts that saw it to it that McKinley didn't step out of his place as an activist, Breitbart News has learned from elected Republican Party officials that members within Illinois' GOP consulting class worked behind the scenes to derail McKinley's campaign and fundraising efforts. As expected, Kelly, a Democrat, was far stronger in Chicago and suburban Cook County where she received 83% of her nearly 56,979 votes. After her victory, Kelly was quickly to declare her enemies, setting her targets on the Tea Party along with the NRA, who she railed against throughout the campaign. At his election night headquarters, McKinley closed his campaign, declaring his race to be the beginning of a movement in reference to the awakening he believes is taking hold in black communities and issued a warning to Chicago's corrupt political class. And that's just like my man McKinley. I got that from the rebelpundit.com, and there'll be a link to it on the show notes for episode number 317. Hey, did you know that Illinois has long been the holdout, the last bastion of prohibition against defensive carry, and that's all about the change? Yep. The state faces a federal court order to produce a provision for lawful concealed carry by June of this year, 2013. So the state of Illinois, and particularly Chicago, will comply, of course, as minimally as possible. And the state will make it time-consuming, expensive, and dangerous to exercise the right to keep and bear arms, like you know they will. But on top of all of that, there is some wrangling on the language on what actually happened. John Horseman and Jeff Knox pulled my coat to House Bill 997, the Family and Personal Protection Act. They say there's some stuff in this bill that's going to mess things up for the law abiding. And one of them is this thing called a duty to inform. 
DTI. They say exposes CC licensees to police harassment from confiscation of one's weapon to being held at gunpoint, which can sometimes prove fatal, especially in some troubled neighborhoods. And it's their opinion that the DTI provision is especially, especially, especially designed to be used disproportionately by police to detain, threaten, harass, and assault populations in Chicago and Cook County. So if you are in Chi-Town and you are about to get your concealed carry permit and you're looking at this bill, give it a once over. See if John Horseman and Jeff Knox are on to something. Don't just let it go. See if you can get it right the first time. And while I'm journeying through here and again, let me give a quick shout out to uh, Tuck Marshall of uh, jcmarshall.com. He is a firearms instructor extraordinaire and a community activist, as is Ziff, who I didn't get the whole name, but the brother was real helpful, and I appreciate you, man. Hopefully we can work together. To Chris Harp of moveonup.org and all of my friends like the Cathy's that I met from the Tea Party there in Illinois. And all the folks that I missed, I will be sending you an email in the next few days. So look for that, y'all. If you gave it to me, expect a note from your brother. Thanks. The Cold Within Six humans trapped by happenstance In dark and bitter cold Each one possessed a stick of wood Or so the stories told Their dying fire in need of logs The first woman held hers back For on the faces around the fire She noticed one was black The next man looking crossed the way Saw one not of his church And couldn't bring himself to give The fire his stick of birch The third one sat in tattered clothes He gave his coat a hitch Why should his log be put to use To warm the idle rich The rich man just sat back and thought Of the wealth he had in store And how to keep what he had earned From the lazy, shiftless poor The black man's face bespoke revenge As the fire passed from sight For all he saw in his stick of wood Was a chance to spite the white The last man of this forlorn group Did not accept for gain Giving only to those who gave Was how he played the game The logs held tight in death's still hands Was proof of human sin They all didn't die from the cold without. They died from the cold within. If you're listening to this show, you're probably one of the cool kids anyway. But this is just something that maybe you can share with those who are a little more rigid. People have forgotten that we're all the same, that we all have needs that are the same, that we're all part of the same race, the human race. Hey, quick shout out to Don Moran, president of the ISRA in Chicago. Thank you, man, for taking care of your brother while I was out there. I think it's time to go. And uh, just in case nobody has told you, I love you. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it.
another episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing. If you need to reach me, call 888-675-0202 or email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Please leave me a review on iTunes, a thumbs up on stitcher.com. The show notes can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. All right, until next week. Shalom, baby. Sometime. Yeah!